Welcome to the Strangeology Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Foran. From cryptozoology, ufology, and the paranormal, to legends, forbidden history, and more. Listen in and explore the world of the weird and unexplained. Join me as I look into strange and fascinating tales and unearth the truths and theories behind some of the world's greatest mysteries. Be sure to head on over to our HQ, strangeology.com, where you can check out our blog, episodes archive, gift shop, and so much more. Now sit back, relax, and join me as we get weird. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. So I uh, I redid my intro a little bit there. Uh, at least re-recorded the audio. So hopefully you all like it. I um, I transitioned into using a more robust uh, program for recording, and I've had to spend the last couple of weeks kind of learning the ins and outs. So I hope you like it, and uh, I think it's improving the audio quality a ton. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy about it. So to make it sound a little bit more uh, professional, if you know what I mean. Uh, my last episode was really well received. So thank you everyone for checking it out. Uh, my interview with uh, Nick from California Creepypasta. And um, thank you for all the positive feedback. Doing the interview thing has been pretty fun so far. And I've got a uh, I've got a number of interviews coming down the pipeline that I'm pretty stoked about. Um, but don't worry, I'll I'll still be doing deep dive research episodes too, and I do have some stuff um, in the planning stages uh, for for that. So I, I've I've got this a huge list of all these topics I want to cover, and it's you know it takes time, but we're we're gonna get to it all eventually. Uh, I definitely need to do an episode on the whole uh, government Pentagon. Uh, UFO UAP report that's supposed to be coming out uh, this month. And as of recording this, it hasn't yet. So we'll see. The other day there was uh, a press conference where um, I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but a uh, representative from the Pentagon was uh, being interviewed by the press. And basically he was like, yeah, I can't say anything about that yet. So it's like, damn. <laughs> anyway, um, so I, I had the, uh, for this episode, I had the opportunity to have an awesome and uh, rather extended chat with uh, my friend Yami from the Cryptid Chat with Yami podcast uh, the other day. So we had a lot of fun chatting about her background, Mothman, all things flying humanoids and, and a lot more. So it's another interview that's uh, quite long. So why don't we just jump into it and I hope you enjoy it. All right. Welcome back to the strangeology podcast for today's show. I have the privilege of speaking with Yami from cryptid chat with Yami we're going to get into uh, some cool topics today, so definitely stick around for the show. Uh, I'm just going to do a quick introduction here, Yami. So here goes. Uh, Yami Gonzalez is the host of Cryptid Chat with Yami, a podcast featuring topics on the strange and unexplained. From cryptids, the spooky and paranormal, to true crime, strange history, and more. So much more. She is a longtime enthusiast of all things weird and is a Fortean researcher and educator. So let me know, is there anything I missed or anything you want to add there, Yami? 
Wow. Yeah, I feel like you blew up my credentials. I'm like, wow, is that really me? <laughs> I guess I'm good at making people sound, <laughs> sound, uh, you know, awesome. And, you know, I, I sound official <laughs> now. Yeah, oh, snap. I'm listening. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. You right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I, man, I'm, I'm stoked to finally do an interview with you, Yami. I feel like it's, it's been, a long time coming. You're like one of the first people in like the online cryptid community on Instagram to kind of reach out to me. And I think I, I had posted like some chupacabra artwork or something and you sent me a DM and you're like, Hey, I love cryptids. And then, you know, you reach out to people online in this community and you're just like, wow, there's like so many people who have things in common and, you know, different stuff that it's just like <laughs> the, all this weird stuff that people experience. And it's, it's really cool to have this community based around that. So, um, to start, yeah, to start. I'm excited. Yeah. Thank you for having me. First of all, oh, I just yeah. wanted to say thank you. It has been a long time coming. I can vividly recall, like you were one of the first accounts that I followed because I was just trying to branch out and meet what kind of people exist in the community. And I think you were starting off too. And I was like, I got, I got to, I got to like, I got to like this. And, and I just loved your work. I was like, this is so good. This is such, this is so good. Oh, and thanks. I just, yeah. 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 We both kind of started at the same time, didn't we? I think it was mm-hmm. like April, you know, shortly after like the pandemic, and the lockdowns started happening. Yep. And I was like bored. I didn't have a job. <laughs> I was just it's like, I'm same. gonna. I've always been into like the the supernatural, paranormal, cryptids, you know, anything monster quest, UFOs, and I was just like, I'm gonna go for it. I'm all in. <laughs> so, um, Yami, what uh, what got you into the Fortean world, and what made you say like, hmm, I think I'm gonna start a podcast. <laughs> so like you, I was in a very similar place. And I think like many of us, that pandemic had just hit, our lives were uprooted, and we had to adjust to a new normal and trying to go from, you know, just talking to people on a daily basis, going about daily routines to suddenly being stuck at home for a who knows how long kind of a period. Right. Um, for me, that was like, devastating because I am very much a people person and I love to talk to people and be around people. So the idea of not being around people was not okay with me. So I instantly began to try to figure out ways that I could stay connected to people. And I, you know, people were starting to do video callings and different sort of things, Instagram lives, all these things were starting to pop off more. And I began to start listening to podcasts during that time and that's when I sort of kind of had the idea. I was like, well, I'm going to be at home for prolonged periods of time. I definitely have the time to start something if I wanted to do so. So that's that threw the idea of a podcast out. But then the question was, what would I even talk about that would be interesting for people to actually want to listen? Right. Um, so I just began to think about the things I was passionate about, the things that I thought would be interesting. And instantly I just thought, what if I did a podcast about like the weird, the strange, the unknown? Like I didn't know how many podcasts or content out there existed, but I was like, truthfully, that stuff is getting a lot more popular. And I feel like that's something I've always gravitated towards since I was little. 
So that's when I began to come up with the concept for Cryptid Chat with Yami. And I truthfully did not expect it to take off as far as it did. Yeah. But it has. And over a year later, I mean, here we are talking about all this stuff. So obviously right, right, it yeah. went somewhere, which is pretty, pretty crazy. But like, I've always been drawn to the strange and the unknown. I feel like it's, it's always been a part of my life uh, through personal experiences and through just the things that you know, growing up watching TV, reading books. So it just, it kind of blended this need, this like vacancy in my life with like something that I was passionate and it just took off from there really. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And it's, it's funny. Like when I started doing strangeology, uh, I, I didn't realize there was so much out there on social media and the internet like so many blogs and websites there's all these investigators online like i remember early on you did an instagram live where you were <laughs> you were watching uh nukes top five videos i think with your sister <laughs> and i was like what is this nukes top five thing and i just like every time he drops a new video on youtube i, I have to watch it and like <laughs> <laughs> And oh, that was a cringy. That was a cringy video. But we were having, we were just, we were locked up and having fun at yeah, that point. I mean, so yeah, what else are you gonna do, really? Yeah, it was a good time for sure. Uh, so you're also you're a co-host to another podcast, the Order sixty six podcast, which is all about the Star Wars. Uh, so how has that been? Uh, and also like balancing time between that and producing Cryptid Chat. So the idea for that just kind of, it kind of happened organically more so than anything between the group of us, between uh, me, Greg, and Matt, we just always nerded out always over Star Wars. It's something else that we just are passionate about. And where we threw out the idea, like, what if we actually turned it into a podcast that we would do every now and then? Because each of us has our own things that we do within this community. Yeah. Um, so at first I was curious too. I was like, I wonder how this is going to balance out. But the thing is, I think our dynamic works so well that it just kind of organically happened. Nice. Like um, we, we do a really good job of just like maintaining our own schedules and things and communicating with each other. And we just pop out episodes every now and then it's not necessarily like as like like a specific set schedule so it's kind of fun um it's kind of fun and random to me so i have like something to every now and then just look forward to like today we're gonna talk about this we're gonna star wars a little bit (laughs) and it's it's fun having another outlet like i'm a person that's very passionate about the things i like so having an outlet to talk about these different things is really exciting to me. So I got a little bit of Star Wars. I got a little bit of spooky. It makes everything happy. Yeah, no, that's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's great. Like I, I'm a musician as well. So and obviously with pandemic, it hasn't really panned out to have a creative mm-hmm. outlet there. But, you know, having this whole thing with like the cryptid world has been really, really big and important to have, I think. So, um, <laughs> here, here's a pop quiz question. Uh, Ooh, what okay. are your top three star Wars movies? Okay. All right. So I've, <laughs> I've, I've thought about this long and hard. I actually think we had this discussion the other, uh, the last episode that we did too. So my top three, um, I'm really bad at ordering things in a particular order, but I think I'm going to have to say rogue one, Mm, good choice. 
Rogue One, uh, Return of the Jedi, and then The Last Jedi. Ah, <laughs> the controversial mo- the third divisive, choice. The most divisive <laughs> one. <laughs> I'll, I'll, <laughs> I know it's a little controversial, but it's it's actually it's actually a, it's actually a favorite of mine. Right on, right on. Well, hey, but, can't argue with that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, so back to back to the weird. Um, was there a particular moment uh, in your life that you remember where you were like, "Yeah, the the strange and unexplained is my thing." I think it's just, I don't know if there's a particular moment per se. I think it just like, as I began to grow up, that sort of began to happen. Like I began to realize that I really like this stuff. This Mm -hmm. is really interesting. I, I can remember these things a lot more than I can math or things in school. (laughs) Uh, So I think it was more so like when I was probably like late elementary, early middle school as I began to really like watch TV specials. It's funny that you mentioned like Monster Quest earlier because that's one of the first memories I have of watching <laughs> something on TV. I was so stoked <laughs> when that show came out. I was like, yes. <laughs> it's so good. So good. Um, through just a history channel, the Animal Planet, Discovery Channel, all of these channels began to throw out all these things. And I just slowly began to intake this. And then I would go to my school or like local libraries and try to find books off of this content because this is before like I use computers and stuff like that so this is the way that I supplied my my research (laughs) but it just slowly over the years it just continued to grow and I like the older I got the more I realized that this wasn't just like something that's cool this is like actually a field where people legitimately study and research and there's whole organizations and everything like that blew my mind like it's very organized community actually yeah no it's it's pretty wild um yeah i remember when i first learned about uh you know the the international crypto zoology museum Mm -hmm. in portland maine that's run by lauren cullman i remember Mm -hmm. when i first found out about that and i was like oh i gotta go there someday and it was like years and years ago. And I, I finally went in, gosh, what was it? Like 2015. Oh. I got to go. And then uh, a few years ago, actually, they had moved locations from downtown Portland into a new spot. And I was on tour with the band and we were we had a show in um, in Portland. And I was like, oh, guys, we got to go. <laughs> we got to go to the crypto, uh, the cryptid museum. And uh, I think it was on a Monday that we were there really odd day to have a show but (laughs) it turns out the museum wasn't open on on mondays so i was super bummed out but you know (laughs) i'll make my way over there that's literally it's i have like a cryptid bucket list of places i want to go to and that's that's up there on the places that i want to visit so nice nice one day yeah yeah (laughs) so uh you occasionally have your sister alanis um on as a guest to the show and recently she did a cryptid chat takeover for your most recent episode. How was that? <laughs> and do you have more plans for takeovers in the future or maybe like having other people do takeovers? My sister is the the chaos in my life. Uh, <laughs> any episode <laughs> that features her is always takes multiple takes to do because we always <laughs> end up just cracking up laughing. We can never 
fully record it straight through. Um, but she's a fun character and she also is very um, interested in this field. Not necessarily as much as me, but like she leans more toward like the spooky side. Mm-hmm. And I lean away from the spooky side. So we have a nice balance, I think. Um, But she had approached me with the idea of like, she's like, hey, what if I did a takeover episode? And I was all for it. And I'm like, I find by me, that'd be kind of fun to just sit back for like for once and just like provide commentary without doing like the research and stuff like that. So it was pretty much all her um, for that episode. So it was a really fun time. I really enjoyed doing it. It was, it was fun, very like relaxing in a way. Um, But I'm definitely open to the idea of doing more takeovers. I never thought about it. And I'm like, Hmm, this is a fun experience. And I like the idea of having different voices on a podcast because even though it's my podcast I do like having different dynamics and I think it adds um, a little something different to the podcast and then um, sometimes I wonder if people get bored listening to my voice all the time too so <laughs> having a different voice chime in opinions and whatnot just adds a little bit more diversity and fun I think yeah for sure for sure I mean my first what 10 11 episodes is just me like screaming into the ether about like r- weird yep, stuff and some people uh, were like, hey, are you ever going to like interview people? And I was like, yeah, like that's in the plans. I just got to make it happen. And like <laughs> it's just been, you know, it's a process. Like I'm more mm-hmm. of a, like an introverted person. Um, mm-hmm. So reaching out to people uh, to have on the show, I'm just like, eh, I got to jump over that hurdle. And then <laughs> but, you know, the experience so far has been really cool. Um, and again, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, tonight to to chat is oh yeah, I'm excited I to really be here uh, literally I've been I we we need to I, I'm, I'm on yours and then you have to hop on mine oh, one day absolutely like, yeah <laughs> there's so many people I have like a list of people and I'm like we just need to get around to exactly to chatting with everybody yeah I know life, life is life is busy it's <laughs> even it though is it's like there wasn't much going on but yeah strangeology has <laughs> kind of become like <laughs> my full-time job while I don't have a r- real full-time job mm-hmm. <laughs> um so you recently traveled to Savannah Georgia um to go check out some haunted locations and report back on the show mm-hmm. um so how was that and follow-up question do you have plans to uh, travel in the near future? Uh, any, any spots you're going to hit pretty soon or what's, what's happening with that? So I love traveling. And when pandemic happened, I was really sad that I could no longer travel. Uh, things are slowly starting to, you know, open up in certain areas. So that was an opportunity. We just kind of came up with last minute, like a small staycation because Georgia's really not that far from us. It was just like an eight hour road trip or so. Um, which I'm the worst person to have in an eight hour road trip, but we managed. It's fine. <laughs> it was an awesome experience. I'd never been there before. We had, what I had done is um, I did a crap ton of research before we got there to see um, what areas we could hit up, what was important landmarks and things like that. And then I even did research on the Airbnb that we were staying at, which turned out to be a historic Airbnb. Well, it used to be a home built in the 18. 18- 1850s 1860s um 
And I was like, this is wild and on its own right here, like we're staying in history. Um, so the whole Savannah, Georgia is beautiful. It's so preserved from the original city, like the infrastructure, a lot of the streets are pretty much the same. It's just, you know, they, they maintain them over the years more than anything. It's, it's like a time capsule. It's so beautiful, so beautiful and so haunted. So terribly haunted uh, in, in, in the best of ways. I mean, uh-huh. um, so in doing the research ahead of time, I had a good idea of the places that I realistically with my very, very, very frightful personality um, could visit and could not <laughs> visit. <laughs> so we ended up visiting a few of these places and more so kind of just passing by some of them. We went to Moon River Brewing Company. We actually had dinner there. That was fun. It's a haunted brewery and it's pretty mm. infamously known. It's been it's been uh, featured on a few different TV shows and specials and things like that. Um, we didn't really have any weird experiences per se. The only thing mm. is like at one point the ladies took a trip to the bathroom and the bathroom felt unusually strange. It was a very weird feeling. And we actually talked to our um, waiter and asked about like, hey, is this place haunted? We've heard it's haunted. Have you had any experiences? Uh, which is always fun to ask your waiter. Yeah. And he was a very cool dude. And he actually, we actually caught it on video. Um, it's on my uh, Instagram, but he told us an experience that he had there. Um, not necessarily with like a ghost or anything, but he said he saw what looked like a black dog huh. in one of the upstairs floors and that he disappeared right on i was like okay (laughs) i had never heard in all my research here of a dog so that's really interesting that that was your experience but he mentioned that other people have had experiences and um, we were seated not too far away from the bar which occasionally people spot like a, a lady dressed in like more like victorian clothing sitting at the bar we didn't see her thankfully okay but yeah that was just one of the cool places there's so much history there we went to um we passed by um a few very scary looking cemeteries (laughs) that we (laughs) dare not tread on because they were very old the only one we went to was bonaventure cemetery we actually took a walk through there a very respectful walk through there (laughs) um and that was actually very peaceful and tranquil it's very nice, which is a weird thing to say. The first time I'd purposely walked through a cemetery, but it was very much daylight during that time yeah, too. So yeah. oh, that, that's funny. Yeah, there's um, there's a cemetery very very near where where I live, and my family and I will go walk through there occasionally. And it's usually it's always during the daytime, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it's usually like super peaceful and it's a really nice loop. Um, but there's like one section of it in the back that uh we went down once and we just got like the heebie-jeebies like going Ooh. down yeah <laughs> um, you never you never know some of those areas yeah i'm trying to pull up i have the photos on my i kept a whole, i took a whole bunch of photos because i wanted to share everything with everybody when i got back from the podcast nice uh, i think the top spot that i really wanted to hit once we got there was it was a house here she is uh the sorrel weed house which is 
notoriously haunted. They actually, they actually document, um, stuff happening in the property almost on a daily basis. Really? Yes. And it, yeah, it, it's pretty wild. We, we didn't realize that they offered like tours and stuff like that. So we didn't actually get to go in it. Uh, the closest we got was we walked right up to the doorsteps and we took pictures around and stuff like that. And even then I, got this one moment where I literally felt like I was in a puke and I said, all right, it's time to go home. <laughs> wow. So that <laughs> it's was, time for us to leave. <laughs> that was, I was going to ask like, what's like the, the spoopiest place you went to that probably took the cake right there. <laughs> yes, absolutely. There's just, it's, it's a beautiful home. It's, it's, it just like, it just, there's something about it. That's very, very infamous. It has a whole story behind wow. it but yeah that's yeah. one of the places it was fun though to get to travel and see these places that i had researched and whatnot um we actually have a trip coming up in end of july beginning august i don't think we've cemented the dates yet but we're actually going to mexico ah. the yucatan peninsula no um Yes, I'm really excited. That's more a vacation, but while we're there, I'm going to take it as an opportunity to explore the lore yes, um, nice. that exists and any cryptids, any strange things, because we're going to be around a lot of Mayan ruins. Oh. So I'm very excited for that. And I'm definitely going to be using that as an opportunity to talk back on the podcast, to film episodes there as well while on in a whole other country. So Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm very excited. Fingers crossed that all works out. We're still in the in the end stages of like securing the exact place that we're gonna be at. Um, but I would like to be able to as travel starts opening up to start traveling to different places. It's just it's so much it's so much fun being physically in locations rather than just researching them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm I'm trying to make some plans to like hit some spots like at least in new england this summer uh since it's close <laughs> exactly so, yeah i've yeah. got like a florida wish list that i like in the meantime i want to try and hit up a few places around here because we have so we have some some interesting locations around florida you'd be surprised <laughs> right right yeah <laughs> so um you you mentioned that you know you've got some uh some places you really want to visit what are the like top three uh or heck, even top five places on your like cryptid uh, tour bucket list, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I literally have it written down because I'm that person when I find <laughs> I'm a person, I find a really cool place and I'll, I'll write it down because I don't like to forget things. So I can't order things. So this is in no particular order per se. Um, one of my top places, I just want to be around Area 51 at some point in my life. Uh, I've got a story for Area 51 after you're done. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you. I'm so excited for that. Like you just, it's so iconic. Like I grew up hearing about Area 51 as a child and now it's, it's, it doesn't feel as scary anymore. I just kind of want to be there yeah. and, well, they and got, visit they got, the areas. Yeah. They got threatened by the, uh, the Naruto runners and stuff for storm area 51. Ex so now yeah. Like, mm -hmm. uh. Yeah. I, well, I actually, uh, was live stream watching that going on during the day that was a lot of fun to watch in itself a lot people that are a lot uh, a lot braver than i am <laughs> it was a good time though mm -hmm. um outside of that oh my gosh there's so many places literally just in the united states 
and and I can't even speak on a global level. Actually, there's so many more there. Um, but some other places just off the top of my head, I definitely want to head up to New England because there's a lot of areas in New England that I'd like to visit. Um, Salem, yes. Massachusetts, I want to head up there just for the history, the lore. It's supposedly still pretty haunted and it makes sense with the dark history behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, <laughs> the top of my list, I need to go to Point Pleasant. Yes. I have to go to West Virginia. Well, that's like, I've never <laughs> been and it already has my heart. Yeah. Like that's like a rite of passage for cryptid enthusiasts, especially Mothman exactly. enthusiasts such as yourself. Yes. <laughs> that is that's the mother the motherland. Like I have to visit Point Pleasant. So I'm really excited for hopefully Mothman Festival this year cuz we have all plans to go there. Yes, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> so fingers crossed it stays that way. Um outside of that, oh my gosh, there's so many places. There's so many places in in the United States. Um oh god. I just have to make like a I just need to take a road trip of New England and then from there move to like the south and then we're just going to hit up like the midwest there you go and then the next coast because there's <laughs> i if i if i really get into it i'm, I'm just going to start popping off but those are just like a few places off the top of my head there's so many more i just anywhere that's iconic and not necessarily terribly spooky is fair gain for that bucket list <laughs> awesome awesome I mean, those are some good spots to, for starters, definitely. Um, cool. Well, so my area 51 story, (laughs) Yes. back in 2018, my, my partner, my fiance and I, um, we got engaged on the trip actually. Um, yeah. So we, we were driving through the Southwest. We, we flew into like Phoenix and then we like headed up all throughout Arizona and I was like, we're out here. We need to drive out to Rachel, Nevada. <laughs> so it was like day four or day five. I can't remember. Um, and we had just done Mount Zion in Utah. And we were, we had a, an Airbnb booked for Vegas that night. Ooh. But we were like, okay, we got to drive up to Rachel. It's like three hours north of Vegas. So we did, we did that. And, uh, we visited, uh, what is it? ET beef jerky. It's like a little pit stop. Oh, (laughs) I love it. Got these like little like alien driver's license cards. And I have, there's a, uh, we took a picture in front of the extraterrestrial highway sign on the road that goes out towards area 51. But it was funny. Like I was like looking at the sky. Um, my fiance was driving and, uh, I remember seeing these, we were getting like pretty close to like where the roads are that lead to the mm-hmm. base. And I remember seeing these, like, I think they were F-16s like flying up above, like doing these like crazy maneuvers. And I was like, is that a UFO? And like, no, it's not a UFO. It's a, <laughs> it's an F-16. Um, but we were coming up over this like mountain pass. And then all of a sudden it's like the radio just like went out and there started, um, it was, I assume some kind of like military, like broadcast, like jammer signal or something like that. There's all these like weird beeps and stuff. I took a video. <laughs> I'll have to post it sometime oh, on wow. my Instagram, but it was a really like surreal experience. 
And then we like got out uh, over that hill and it's just like this straight shot for like 20 miles in this like desert uh, salt flat. And then you get to Rachel, Nevada and you like come to town. There's this like decaying steer carcass like on the side of the road and then like the town that says like Roswell (laughs) or Rachel Rachel Nevada like population whatever it's like 30 people (laughs) and aliens with a question mark so it it was really it was really fun we stopped at the little alien and uh, checked out some of the the paraphernalia and the stuff in like their little museum section and took some pictures there there's like a little uh stone monument from like the independence day movie back in the nineties, That's cool. <laughs> which is really fun. Um, but yeah, it was a wild experience and the, the back gate where people go to, I didn't realize it was a little bit further up the road. Um, so we didn't actually like make it to the gate and I was kind mm-hmm. of a little scared to like <laughs> go all the way there anyway. Cause I didn't want to get arrested by the guards if I accidentally like stepped over the the border somehow but <laughs> fair enough yeah that's that's honestly a fear i would have to oh, yeah yeah but on one of the like the previous roads i think that leads to there's like a ranch and then there's i think there's another access road to the base and we saw like like one of the buses like off in the distance just like hightailing it through the desert because you can see the 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 sand plumes and like yeah. the dust mm-hmm. just like flying so yeah, that's my my Area 51 story, but it's not super duper exciting, but <laughs> it's it was an a good adventure. Time. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you're there. It's like maybe like, you know, 10 miles away over a mountain, but like you're there. <laughs> you're in the general area. The, exactly. the energy is still there. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely like a long time bucket list item for me at least, but highly recommended if you find yourself <laughs> out out in the desert you definitely gotta hit it up <laughs> oh i have to why not if, if you're already roaming the desert might as well right exactly exactly and then you can go stay in vegas and be like <laughs> oh casinos <laughs> exactly there you go. Yeah. Just, it's a little just a little farther off exactly yeah um and so speaking of uh ufos you recently had an interview on somewhere in the skies with ryan sprague that's kind of like big time. How, how did that go? I was sweating bullets. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I was very surprised when I was approached by that. And the fact that my name was dropped and recommended to him for that particular episode for the Puerto Rico episode, I was extremely humbled and gracious to have had that opportunity because his podcast was one of the first ones that I listened to. Um, and it's so, it's so awesome. So good. Um, it was an awesome experience. Ryan is super awesome, super cool. It literally went just so like naturally just, it was just us chatting and the listening to the end product of it, how it was pieced together with all these other amazing, uh, people. It's it's so, it was so great. I'm, I'm so, I'm so proud to have been a part of that. Like, that was such a great tribute to, to the, to the island. And I, it, I really brought like, I felt like it brought like a lot of awareness that to stories and things that maybe not everybody would have been aware of was happening in this little tiny island in the Caribbean. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I checked out the episode and it was like really, really well done. Uh, I haven't listened to as much somewhere in the skies as I, I should have, but I've checked out a few episodes and like it's top notch, like production value. And mm-hmm. just the way he puts together episodes is like, 
wow, that's like a whole other level. <laughs> I know. I'm so. like, I aspire one day. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So, all right, let's, let's, uh, we, let's get a little weird for a second. <laughs> so, I, I live, I literally live in the weird. Yes. yes let's yes. do this. <laughs> so you and I have, have chatted together back and forth before about our own personal experiences with like the strange and unexplained things that like don't really have rational explanation uh, explanations. Do you mm-hmm. mind sharing a couple of your stories with my listeners? Yes. I, I have become a lot more comfortable sharing these stories. I think with this community, you know, <laughs> and that's a wonderful thing too, because once upon a time ago, it wasn't so easy to share these kind of stories because people would think you're crazy or they wouldn't believe you. But now it's a lot, a lot more accepting, uh, for you to share these kind of stories. So ever since I was little, I have had weird experiences, um, and didn't necessarily realize that they were weird until as I started growing up, I realized, okay, this isn't normal. (laughs) Um, but it seems to, uh, it seems to uh, have some sort of family ties, which is always fun because you can't avoid that. <laughs> you can't avoid that in any right. capacity. I didn't right. ask for this. I was born <laughs> into this. <laughs> um, but since I was little, I began to have like experiences with um, just seeing things that weren't maybe necessarily there. For other people, I had a story of uh, an imaginary friend when I was a little kiddo at like three years old that ended up uh, causing some mischief in our townhouse at the time. Uh And we realized maybe it wasn't an imaginary friend, but luckily it seemed to be just um, in that particular home because once we moved, it stopped, Hmm. thankfully. Yep. (laughs) Um, But I've had like a few weird experiences throughout my life. Again, like just seeing things that aren't necessarily there. I've had uh, and about with like, what I what I assume is sleep paralysis because that helps me to sleep better at night if I think it's that (laughs) Um, and just like um, strange feelings etc but I've also when I was young I had an encounter with like what I now know is like a big black cat in Colorado Uh, when we lived in the military base there as a child it kind of like creeped up on us and me and my sister and a neighbor were playing and scared the living daylights out of us because i'd never seen a cat that big and fully black i thought it was going to die as as a child (laughs) i was like seven years old i just remember screaming and luckily we luckily it, it it got scared off by a neighbor's dog but that was the like that it's one thing hearing about things and it's a whole other thing experiencing them um right so i feel like i've just i don't want to say privileged but i guess been privileged to have had a a variety of different strange encounters like we we had um when we moved to fact florida uh this is probably like hmm, now it's like a good solid like six plus years ago that we had a ufo experience here in florida everybody in my town and the surrounding area saw strange lights in the sky and we walked outside and yes we saw them like 
Right. Wild. Yeah. That was the wildest thing ever. And then we're just, me and my mom are just staring at them. And then we, we just sit and watch them disappear. Yeah. Did they, were they like kind of nearby your house? Did they fly over like just silently or did they kind of blink out? They were. One? So we, I was on Facebook. This is funny. And I'm on like a community page, right? And the community page for our county started to like go crazy one day people were asking hey what are these strange lights does anybody know is there like a lantern festival what's going on so i started seeing these photos popping up and it was sure enough three lights in like a triangular sort of formation uh they looked almost like a reddish orange kind of color in the photos alone and the videos that i saw made no sound whatsoever in any of the videos that people posted um and when people were describing where they were located i'm like this is a good maybe five ten minutes from my house we should be able to see it if we walk outside like right. it here's our home and it was probably <laughs> off on the right hand side just a few streets down like it was that that close <laughs> so my mom and me were the only ones that had the courage to go outside and as soon as we walked outside and we looked in that general direction there they were three lights, triangular formation, again, no sound whatsoever. They kind of like flickered in a way, hmm. um, but it didn't appear to us that they were moving or maybe they were moving very slowly. Um, and we just stayed and watched them for probably a few moments, a few minutes, and then they disappeared. Wow. And then I went to the Facebook page and people reported seeing them further down south. So I guess it seemed like they sort of traveled down ah, okay. the so area out of your yeah. perspective. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That was, I was like, I cannot believe I'm, I'm actually looking at this right now. This is like, I'm, I'm actually watching this in front of my eyes instead of on a TV screen or on YouTube. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's something else when you actually experience a sighting like that in real life. <laughs> yeah. It was like amazing, but also like that. I won't lie that night. I was like partially terrified. I'm like, please, Mr. UFOs, please don't abduct me. That, <laughs> that would be a really bad experience. I've heard that's traumatic for people. I'd rather not. Please don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, that's the the big fear. UFO shows up in your backyard like, don't take me. <laughs> I was like, please don't. No, it's okay. I didn't see you. It's all right. Right. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing sharing those stories, Yami. That's great. Um, so Florida, where you're from, has some weird stuff going on for sure as we all know. <laughs> it's just um, a weird state in general. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who is your uh, your favorite Floridian cryptid? It's got to be Skunk Ape. Like, that's, that's our staple, but, like, that was the first one that I, like, really knew of. Right. And I think the one that I, like, know the most of, I guess, in, in, in Central Florida, well, not Central Florida, there's really more when you're thinking of skunk ape sightings, it tends to gear more toward the south, but there have been a few sightings around the Central Florida area, surprisingly, surprisingly enough. Um, so I got to say skunk ape. It's the, the idea of a Bigfoot type creature roaming around my backyard is actually very exciting. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess it makes sense. You know, there's connections with, uh, 
you know, hairy humanoid creatures in swampy areas. You know, mm-hmm. you've got like the Honey Island swamp monster and, and that kind of thing. Um, do you happen to know of uh, anybody or a friend of a friend or have you ever heard stories from people that are like, yeah, I saw Skunk Ape. He's real. I have a friend of mine that he actually wrote to me once I started doing the podcast and stuff like that. Um, and he was like, Hey, I don't, I had an experience of something and I don't know what it is. Uh, he's also like an enthusiast of this sort of stuff. He's like, I think I know what it was, but I don't like in that moment, he was like, I don't even, I don't even know if I like, if it sunk in what I saw, but he described um, that he was fishing one day in here in central Florida, just in like a little swampy area that he frequents quite a bit. He's pretty comfortable with that area. He's never had issues, no wildlife outside of just like birds, maybe some like wild hogs, etc. Like nothing, <laughs> nothing strange for that day. But he described that he was fishing and he felt just like a strange feeling hmm. of being watched. And that when he looked across the river, it was like beside a tree that he saw. He's like, He's like, Amy, I swear, like I saw, and it, it, he described basically what to me sounds like skunk ape. Yeah. Before he absolutely hightailed it out of there <laughs> and booked it so fast. <laughs> and I don't blame him at all. Like, like his, his, you could tell, like, even as he was talking about it, he hasn't really talked about it too, too much. I think he actually went on one podcast that I told him to uh, share his story with. Um, but again, it's one of those, like, it's a whole other thing for you to hear these stories and then experience it. Like, it, it seemed like he was pretty unnerved, but that was so wild to hear that somebody that I knew had an experience in an area that wasn't too far away from where I lived, too. Like, oh, my gosh, yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. Wild. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's um, It kind of reminds me of, like, uh, gosh, I can't remember the name of the the YouTube channel right now. I probably should have looked it up before, <laughs> before we started the interview. But are you familiar with the skunk ape uh, from Mississippi video that's on YouTube where this guy's in the woods and mm-hmm. he comes up upon this like hairy looking, very large statured creature that's like tearing apart like the base of a tree in this like swampy area. And it, yes, yeah. Um, and it's just like, yo, when people, people see that kind of stuff, it's just like, it's, it's kind of reality breaking. Exactly. Yeah. You see like commentary online of people that are like, oh, like why, why do we have all these like potato cam videos when there are any videos and like, oh, if I was there, I'd hold the camera steady and I wouldn't run away. Like, no, I think you probably would when there's like an eight to nine foot tall, like just like rip you in half. Like, yeah, exactly. In that moment, you can't necessarily say how you react because we're humans like fight or flight. Exactly. you won't know until you're in that position. So I literally don't blame anybody who has camera footage that's blurry as hell because like there's, I don't blame them. That's okay. I I probably wouldn't even think to pull out a camera. So the fact that you even tried, kudos (laughs) to you, sir. Yeah. Just think of how many people have sightings that don't even think in the moment to be like, here's, 
the thing, I got to take a picture of it or a exactly. video. There's, mm-hmm. there's got to be so many. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's wild to think about. And then there's the there's also the aspect of, you know, there's the theory of is uh, is Bigfoot like interdimensional or something? And like, what are you <laughs> what are you messing with if you try and like approach one? You know, it's <laughs> exactly yeah yeah. No, I'm good. I'll just keep a respectful distance. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm in the same camp. <laughs> Uh, do you have a preference like for certain types of cryptids that you like researching like uh, avian or water-based like what's your favorite type I'm a sucker for a winged boy Uh, I love I love flying cryptids like I I don't know if it's just like because I I like birds and whatnot but the idea of a cryptid in the sky is equally terrifying and also like beautiful at the same time <laughs> to me. So I just have, a, I, that's, I think my preference, but I also think that's just cause like, cause Mothman influences that a little bit. I love Mothman. I love the, the Thunderbirds. So I would say I lean towards a winged cryptid, but I also love the cryptids where we're not sure if they're cryptid or if they are something like you mentioned interdimensional even supernatural yeah because then that adds a different element to it right right <laughs> when did you realize that mothman was like your man <laughs> um when mothman pierced my heart with his red glowing eyes <laughs> i think i was in high school i had heard the story of mothman but when, when i was a kid it was more scary to me than anything. Um, and then as I started growing up, I'm like, actually, that is really cool. That is really cool. That description, awesome. 100 <laughs> mile per hour wind speed, amazing. What a legend. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think as I got older, I just learned to appreciate Mothman. And one day I was like, wow, Mothman is it. Like, I don't know what it is necessarily about Mothman, but I think it's the combination that it's, so mysterious Mm. um it's potentially a wing winged cryptid but also potentially interdimensional supernatural we just can't pinpoint exactly what it is that really really draws me in to like that particular sort of storyline gotcha yeah the the mystery the intrigue exactly yeah yeah mothman's got it yeah he's become (laughs) such an icon too lately like good for mothman (laughs) i love it um do you think there's a connection between like different flying cryptids around the world like for instance uh some people have drawn connection to uh like the jersey devil and maryland snallygaster and like Reports of those cryptids or creatures, whatever they are, (laughs) whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call them, um, at least from what we know, they go back further in time than Mothman in Point Pleasant Mm -hmm. in West Virginia as a whole in the late 60s, you know, or so we think. (laughs) Um, And like there's reports of Snallygaster uh, going as far out as like West Virginia in the Mm -hmm. early 1900s, like allegedly people found like Snallygaster eggs (laughs) in like a nest somewhere um way back when and like what are your thoughts on this is there is there some kind of connection between all these different flying winged creatures i think there is so like the more i've done research into winged cryptids and just especially once you 
even like leave like North America and you start looking at like a global level, there are so many cryptids or legends or stories globally that sound very similar. There's very similar features, very similar reports, very similar eyewitness uh, testimony that we have. And like you said, literally from all across history. So I don't think that that's necessarily a coincidence. Like, I don't think that um, it's a coincidence that we're, that here in North America, we have like sightings of like winged, like bat-like creatures, but then I can go to the Philippines and they also have sightings of these large bat winged like humanoids so i do think that perhaps maybe what we're experiencing whatever phenomenon whatever creature it is maybe there it's more than just like a specific territory maybe it's more of a global phenomenon and we just haven't like put it (laughs) like put it together with like the evidence uh whether it's a physical creature whether it's a phenomenon i i feel like I tend to lean more toward like it's some type of phenomenon. The fact that that it's in so many different locations leads me to more believe that it's not necessarily a physical creature, but something that people are experiencing. Um, but I, yeah, I can't discredit. Like, I mean, if we look even at the Native Americans with the legends of the Thunderbirds, mm-hmm. like a lot of the Thunderbird stories and these like almost like dinosaur-like creatures in the sky, like... I mean, it, it lines up with things like the Van Meter Visitor um, yeah. with like, we literally have accounts of like large, like dinosaur, like creatures, like picking up, trying to pick up a kid in places here in like the United States from in the burbs. <laughs> exactly. Like, so I don't think that there, there, to me, there has to be some type of connection there. Um, and I'm really curious to see like, if we, if we mapped it all out, what patterns we would see Mm. but just in like in listening to the different stories from different cultures and different places in the world to me there's too many similarities to to feel like to say that they're not related somehow perhaps we're seeing the same things or perhaps human beings maybe there's just something that we all simultaneously equate to the same thing I don't know. (laughs) It's again, it's the mystery behind it. Yeah. Yeah. And certainly like John Keel looked a lot into this and like his whole ultra terrestrial, like Mm -hmm. kind of hypothesis really, really kind of adds credence to the idea that there's some kind of phenomena out there. That's, it might not be like physical, you know, it Mm -hmm. might be from somewhere else and that we just can't really perceive uh, on this earthly plane that we're exactly. <laughs> locked <And> into. <laughs> every now and then it just, we, it slips through and terrifies a village or two, but. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, that kind of leads pretty good into my next question here. Um, are you uh, more of a like flesh and blood type of person like are you in that kind of camp for most cryptids like bigfoot and mothman or do you think at least with some of them there's something more Hmm. like are are they ultra terrestrials (laughs) yeah so i feel like it really depends it's like a cryptid by cryptid case like Mm -hmm. it's a case by base like case um really kind of a deal because i feel like there are some cryptids that absolutely could be flesh and blood like 
when it comes to like Bigfoot, I teeter back and forth. Like I, like, I feel like scientifically it makes sense for a creature like that to exist. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. To me. Um, I feel like with like, for example, Nessie or like champ, I absolutely think there's a creature like that that could exist or has existed. And we thought was extinct, however the case may be. Right. So, <laughs> exactly. So like, I do think that there are some cryptids that are physically tangible living creatures, whether it be a species that we never identified or we never, we haven't just discovered yet, or a species that perhaps existed a long time ago and we thought disappeared and it never really did. Right. Um, but there's definitely some cryptids and some, uh, like, some legends that I lean more toward the fact that it's something beyond our, even our human understanding. It's some type of phenomenon, whether it's interdimensional, like extraterrestrial, in like <laughs> super dimensional, all these dimensions. Yeah. Like, there's, there's definitely an, an element to that in a lot of cryptids because I think it just easily, it, it's a way to explain like, why haven't we found them? Yeah. How can they (laughs) exactly, how do they seem to come and go and disappear? And like, why, like it it would explain a lot of that for sure. Absolutely. Um, And it would explain a lot of people's experiences and like the, the physical effects, the emotional, mental effects that have also taken place with people that have experienced uh, certain cryptids or certain, um, certain phenomena. So I think it really just depends on the particular cryptid that we're looking at. Right. Um, but like, like I said, like, for example, Bigfoot, I, I go back and forth. <laughs> it really depends on the day. Like I want, I want so badly for Bigfoot to be like a physical creature because I just think it'd be so, so cool. Uh-huh. Um, but maybe, I mean, for all we know, these there could be things that are almost a mixture of both too. So Right, right. I love that uh, the episode of Futurama where, you know, it's a thousand years into the future and they know all these different intergalactic civilizations and Earth is one mm-hmm. of them. And then I think they're on like a camping trip one day and Fry winds up <laughs> running into Bigfoot. And then like no one's discovered Bigfoot yet, even like in a thousand years. And <laughs> that was just so good. So good. <laughs> um, okay. So serious question what artistic interpretation of mothman do you like the most do you prefer mothman with antennas or none (laughs) so i know that mothman's descriptions vary and technically the earliest descriptions of mothman weren't even moth-like it was more bird-like than anything and really like the majority of the descriptions from eyewitnesses that we get are more bird-like than anything. Um, I just really love the idea of this cute looking little guy with a moth and like moth antenna and big, (laughs) like big, like, like big wings, tiny body, just no head, just like these little (laughs) piercing red eyes. Like to me, that's how I sleep at night when it comes to Mothman, like picturing it's, it's the artistic interpretations that have taken place. I think more so in the last like four to five years when it comes to Mothman, because before everyone used to picture him as like this 
menacing, terrifying thing, and now he's all derpy and cute. <laughs> I like that version of Mothman, although I know it doesn't equate with the original um, the original sightings that we tend to get with Mothman. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, and <laughs> can I get an opinion on the Mothman statue of Point Pleasant? <laughs> an iconic gem. You know, there, there was a lot of artistic interpretation in there. I personally never realized that Mothman never missed leg day. He does squats every single day. I was not aware that that there was that much cake to Mothman um, <laughs> and that he was that ripped and shredded. Interesting. Um, I love the statue. It's iconic. Yeah. It, it, it's so cool. It, it's Regardless of whether Mothman looks anything like that or not, it's still really cool. Yeah, yeah. I love all the pictures that people uh, take behind Mothman. Yes. <laughs> it's like you take you, it's two obligatory photos. Uh-huh. The one in front of the Mothman statue, very respectful, very wow. And then the one you take behind the Mothman <laughs> statue, which is not necessarily as respectful, but also very much wow. Right. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. Uh so, Yami, you're from Puerto Rico originally, like your family's from there. Mm-hmm. And I I loved those episodes that you did on, on your show about like all the legends. And it sounds like there's tons of high strangeness and lore that's tied in with the culture and the island, like Chupacabra and UFOs. Can you talk about some of the stories that you've heard and researched and like, what's your favorite legend overall? There's so much on the Island. Like when I first started crypto chat, I knew that I wanted to do a series based off of Puerto Rico. Cause I just felt like a lot of people didn't really know much more further than the Chupacabra. Like that's, that's pretty much what most people equate Puerto Rico to yeah. um, when it comes to anything strange. Um, but Having grown up with my family, uh, having been born on the island, raised on the island, I had heard so many stories through them that I knew that there was their stuff there. So when I began to do my own research and then sit with my family and like talk to them about like what have they heard, people they knew, et cetera, that just kind of like that fully cemented it to me. I'm like, I was born in a very weird island. Oh my (laughs) gosh, there's a lot of strange things that happen. But I mean, Puerto Rico's home to a variety of different phenomenon that happens. And this has been stuff that in that has been going on since before before like before anybody arrived to the island outside of the natives that were there, they were already experiencing strange phenomenon. The island itself, um, you know, it's a small little island in the Caribbean, but for some reason it has some type of high, it had some type of high significance to the native uh, populations in the Caribbean to the Tainos. And there's evidence that shows even the Maya might have traveled as far as Puerto Rico to visit the island because it was revered as a holy place um, with a close connection to the gods. Very whatever the gods may or may not have been. Uh-huh. Uh, so, and I mean, we get early, early descriptions from like, even my least favorite person that ever exists throughout history, Christopher Columbus. Mm. Um, but he wrote in his journals, like experiencing strange lights. Right. 
Yes. From the island. So like there's, we've definitely had a, a rich history of strange phenomenon from lights to UFOs to um, disappearances to ghosts, etc. And then it just all kind of like culminated with that chupacabra. Like that was like, <laughs> that was the, the pinnacle of the strange and the weird. And that was also the height of when technology was taking off with computers. So it really went viral for the first time right. <laughs> that Chupacabra did. And it, it brought a spotlight to the island. But when I began to do research, there's so many crazy stories. Like there really are so many crazy stories from disappearances um, in the El Junque rainforest to disappearances in like um, the the fort that we have there and Morro, like Spanish soldiers just disappearing on the shift and never being found, um, which yeah. is always fun. Oh, um, all the way to like trying to think of like the weirdest things that we have. Um, there's reports that there's like an underwater UFO base. Oh um, yeah, I'm pretty sure in I've heard part about of the that island. Yeah. Yes, uh, that has a lot of crazy UFO uh, sightings and whatnot. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of weirdness going on down there when it comes to UFOs, strange lights, and then I'm trying to think. We have like. Of course, legends like La Llorona and stuff like that that stem from, uh, I mean, whether there's some truth there or whether they're just stories passed down. But the <laughs> the people themselves are very religious, but there's also heavy elements of like the supernatural and whatnot. So I think that's why these stories tend to carry on forward and why we so openly talk about them Yeah, for that reason. Like it's people like feel comfortable to talk about these things to talk about ex encounters they've had with ghosts and stuff like that um so when the chupacabra happened that was like everyone who had a sighting was like let me tell you about the chupacabra he's wild <laughs> it's crazy this thing like the, this alien creature like thing that's terrorizing around and killing our dogs and livestock and not yes. harming people as far as we know it doesn't i think there was only one particular encounter um, with the chupacabra where somebody described that like it might have been like like just like gashed by the, the spines on the back okay. but maybe not intentionally just as it shooshed by yeah um but yeah there's there's literally so many like we covered a few of them in the episodes that we did mm -hmm. but i'm sure if uh we if we really really dove into it we'd find even more the goal is to when all this is said and done with pandemic to go to Puerto Rico and to do a more extensive dive there nice. um, and visit some of these places and, and talk to some people and see what else we can, what else we can hear from the locals themselves yeah. outside of just like the research. Oh man, I can't wait for that. That'll be, that'll be awesome. <laughs> um, what do you think is one thing about the Fortean world that most people misunderstand. Like we're all a bunch of weirdos. Yes. <laughs> What's like the biggest <laughs> thing that you've noticed from the average skeptic that just like writes this kind of stuff off? I think the like the biggest misunderstanding is that I almost want to say it's that we're weirdos. Like um <laughs> I think that like I think when when most people think about this this type of genre of of research of study etc it the tendency is to just want to write us off as we are crazy um 
we are like like delusional there's there's no 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 that's not scientific enough like i think that tends to be the the reason why most people are skeptical like it seems on the outside looking like when you are on the outside looking in it seems like a lot of the things that we discuss and research seem crazy they mm-hmm. seem outlandish um but i think that's a huge misunderstanding because like the more i've gotten to know this community like they're so organized there's like i said organizations exist within this community like highly structured highly funded highly equipped um there we have incredible researchers authors content creators like people that are like very very devoted and very focused very scientifically minded very open-minded people um that are just driven by this passion for this or driven by personal experiences um so i think it's and so i think that's our biggest misunderstanding people i think it it's the the quickness to want to say all right that's crazy that's that's too outlandish um because i think and i say it all the time like we we fear what we don't know and we're essentially so here embracing the unknown right. so to somebody outside looking in they're like you're you're wild yeah, yeah that's too much yeah. no, no 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 i'll stick to you <laughs> i'll stick to the the stuff that i know exists the stuff that i know how to deal with while you guys are looking for things that I can't wrap my head around. So I think that's, that tends to be more so it, but when you really get to know people in the community, like I, I, I've honestly think like there's this community has so much to offer and I'm so glad to see like, as attitude shifts happen and technology advances, how like we're becoming a more accepted and more respected field of science and uh and research like it's amazing to see mm-hmm. like the, the boom in in books and and just it's it's so great i love to see people be taken seriously for the things that they're passionate about because i think that's how we'll start to see breakthroughs and we'll start to see evidence and other stuff and, yeah. and that just makes me very excited to think about personally oh, exactly. yeah <laughs> it's like uh being in the matrix and like <laughs> you know people skeptics are kind of like the blue pilled or whatever is that the right one i can't remember (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah no that's all that's all very very true you know it's uh the people on the outside just kind of fear the unknown and uh you know i think with new information coming out all the time and like this this whole thing with like the ufo uh, mm-hmm. disclosure thing and like the report that's supposed to come out in a few days and all these yes. news stories about UFOs and a lot of the times people are just like meh <laughs> like they don't care or there's still people like trying to like be like oh it's nothing it's just birds or yep. Chinese lanterns and mm, the evidence doesn't really seem to suggest that is the case for the unexplainable <laughs> the unexplainable mm-hmm. ones but <laughs> yeah this i actually think this that's, that's a perfect example like now we have our government here in the u.s that has that is beginning to slowly declassify all these documents and we have these like very very like respectable like eyewitnesses that are coming forward to share these stories and we have video footage and all these things i think that's slowly starting to rock 
the general public's view on a lot of these things like oh my gosh well if the government is kind of acknowledging it and kind of kind of talking about maybe there's something there hold up a second yeah yeah (laughs) like we've seen weird stuff in the sky yeah okay (laughs) wait that's that yeah you guys are all catching up now Cool. So we're we're getting pretty close to the top of the hour. Just a few more questions here before we uh, end the regular show. Um, my final question for you is: Out of all the high strangeness out there in the world, what keeps you up at night the most? A lot. <laughs> as a person, as a person with like a high anxiety level on a daily basis a lot keeps me up truthfully but when it comes to like i have like categories of things that keep me up at night the scary stuff that keeps me up at night is obviously anything spoopy or paranormal which is why i try not to delve into that too much because that to me is an area where i really can't you really can't control that and do much about that yeah and that (laughs) that's that scares me so that'll keep me up at night for sure yeah it's like the Um, phenomena if you look into the phenomena it looks back and sometimes in a not nice way (laughs) yes i've experienced that so i'm very careful with that um but then there's also like the what keeps me up at night because it's exciting and i'm excited about it and that's just like anytime new research comes out or any new sightings or videos like right now this whole ufo disclosure i'm counting it down (laughs) i am so excited for this to happen (laughs) whatever may come about it we may get nothing big we may get something big who knows but so i'm like I have two categories, the excited and the scary. (laughs) There you go. There you go. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, So I've got a few questions from the audience, if you don't mind answering those. Oh, I'm excited. Let me pull up. I forgot to bring this little guy. Nobody's going to see him, but I had little Mothman. Oh, nice. There you go. He's here. (laughs) The office manager. (laughs) Yes, he is. He does a good job of keeping desk control. Yes, I have my... uh, my, my, uh, my Indrid from Cryptid Comforts. Oh, <laughs> I have manager. one from Cryptid Comforts too. His <laughs> name, we call him Lurk and he lurks yes. um, in my loft bed. Nice. <laughs> All right. So our first question here comes from Ice Age Man, Powboy 78. And he asks, when did you start to like cryptids? Hmm, okay. So that again, it's probably like when I was a kid, I want to say, I feel like around like eight, nine, 10 years old was like the golden years of when I discovered cryptids and the strange. Hmm. And that was purely thanks to television and books. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> all right. Our, our good friend, Greg from all the weird and also your co-host from order 66 podcast uh asks what's the coolest uh slash craziest cryptid you've learned about since starting your podcast and there's a lot of crazy cryptids out there (laughs) there's a lot of really crazy ones there's a lot of really funny ones too Mm -hmm. in my opinion um wow i hate that this is the first thing that came into my mind so i actually think I, I want to say it was Greg, the one that threw this in the Discord oh, chat. Oh, no, I know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> the one from Brazil. Oh, boy. The, 
Is it the, are they called the, the chupacu? I think so. I think so. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the, yeah, the sucker of, uh, <laughs> of, yeah, the unmentionables. Um, <laughs> I thought I had heard everything and then I heard that one. I was like, I knew nothing this whole time. <laughs> That's great. One of my favorites was the uh, the space penguins, which aren't necessarily encrypted. But when I came across that story one day, I was just like, what? <laughs> They're so cute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jonathan Dodd draws uh, ask asks, what's your favorite cryptid encounter story? Ooh, oh, my gosh. There's so many like good stories out there from eyewitnesses like which I just want to side note, like if anyone ever has stories, please share them with people. Like it's so important, I think, to document these things, but also like it adds and builds to these profiles and and the research that we're building for these, for these cryptids. Um, I still think like one of the most iconic to me cryptid stories is the original Mothman sighting, you know, where we have our, our two, our two couples out on their their nightly stroll yeah. in their car out in the, out there in the TNT area, and lo and behold, they come across this terrifying humanoid creature, and they get in their car, and this thing is speeding after them, and it's huge wingspan, and they're describing these like big red eyes and I mean I it just it's still to me incredible like the fact that it's like keeping up with them as they're speeding for their lives into town like that's that's still to me one of the coolest like because it's just so like maybe part of me is just like so it's so cinematic like it is I was gonna say it's like straight out of a movie and it's yes (laughs) it's such an iconic thing like I, I gotta wonder how many how many like horror movies and stuff were, were like inspired by that? Like one thing that comes to mind is like, have you ever seen Jeepers Creepers? I've seen bits and pieces, yeah. but I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Like the monster and it's like this demon and he like flies around and stuff, but exactly. Nothing like Mothman yeah. Otherwise. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah. just, it's, it's so iconic. Like the headlights shining, illuminating this creature. Like it's, it's so cool. And just, just cool, of course, Mothman, you know, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Okay, and then final question comes from our good friend Mothboy Matt. And then <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Matt. Uh, Matt asks, "What is your favorite paranormal encounter?" Ooh, I don't have too many favorites because I like to stay away from this area. <laughs> <laughs> but there are crazy paranormal stories, like. As much as I've tried to stay away from this area, I've seen and heard a plethora of stories from people I know, from people I don't know, et cetera. Um, I think the craziest ones to me are anything related to like um, poltergeist. To me, poltergeist scare the living daylights Mm. out of me because it's just like this like entity, spirit, energy that just, it's just like, Unta- like it's just incontrollable and just like wreaks havoc essentially yeah. so like i mean i've seen crazy poltergeist like stories uh, i can't think of one off the top of my head because i literally i have like every nukes top five is like popping up in my head right now <laughs> uh, and he tends to have a lot of those um 
wow, there's like, oh my gosh, there's terrifying poltergeist stories. Uh, and anytime we ever get a story where like, there's like a physical manifestation of something, oh, I'm out. <laughs> I'm gone. <laughs> Good night. Right. I, that's I do not, I do not do physical things there. Um, but one of the coolest, I think like stories of like a physical sighting comes from, and you could probably Google this on YouTube. It's uh, from Gettysburg. And there's, uh, there's a man who is taking video. I think I can't tell, I can't remember if he was a researcher or not, but it's, uh, the video is aimed towards like one of these old cannons right there on the battlefield at Gettysburg. And you can very clearly see some figure and it's shaped just like a person walking around that particular like area and it's just so defined Mm. and to me it's like i think they've tried to replicate it and they haven't been able to replicate it either um and the reaction from the person is just it's just so cool because this is an area that's tied to so much history too so like the history fanatic in me was like that makes so much sense yes (laughs) of course it would be haunted there's so much death and craziness there yes that would make so much sense that that was one of the ones where i was like not so much creeped out as I was just like, wow, like, that's real. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've heard other stories about Gettysburg and people's experiences there. And there's a, I don't know if it's the same one, but there's another video that like a family that was vacationing and visiting there. Uh, and they managed to capture what looked like a line of like civil war era soldiers, like marching Ooh. through the woods and then they were like really kind of like transparent and like the quality of the the video isn't all that great. And it's also like mm. zoomed in and it's like a hundred, hundred or 200 feet away from where they're standing. But like, mm-hmm. there's something like moving around out there and it was like, huh, <laughs> like wow. that, that's pretty intense, but uh, yeah, <laughs> cool. All right. So we are, well, we're beyond the top of the hour. I think we've been going for a good clip here. <laughs> And this has been a really awesome and enlightening conversation. Uh, So thank you so much, Yami, for coming on the show tonight and talking about all things weird with me. Um, Thank you for having me. I literally, I love it. I love this. Yeah, no, this is, it's the life. (laughs) Um, Yami has agreed to stick around and hang out for a while for Strangeology Beyond, which is the uh, Patreon uh, segment of the show after uh, the regular show is concluded uh, to talk about some more high strangeness and cryptids and we're just going to let it flow. So patrons get ready. Um, and before we sign off here, Yami, can you tell my listeners where they can uh, connect and, and follow you online? Yes. So we are most active probably on Instagram. So if you have an Instagram, follow us at Cryptid Chat Girl. We also have a Twitter as of uh, more so recently that we pretty much post just about the same sort of stuff on Instagram, but we also um, do like random rambling. So if you like that sort of stuff, (laughs) follow at Cryptid Chat on Twitter. And then if anyone that's listening 
has any stories, anything they want to share or want to get in contact with us, we also have our uh, email address. So cryptidchatyammy at gmail.com. So feel free to follow any of those. Or if you just want to shoot us a message and say hi, we also love that too. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again, Yami, for, for coming on the show. And uh, everyone listening, definitely give her a follow on in- Instagram and Twitter check out her show you can listen to it like anywhere you get podcasts uh spotify apple anywhere definitely definitely check her out there's a lot of cool stuff that she's got coming in the future so yammy does really awesome work and we're so glad that she's a part of this community and uh yeah we're gonna get into some more awesome stuff after we take a short break Thanks again, Yami, for coming on the show. Again, give her a follow on her social media. She has an Instagram and a Twitter, and definitely download her podcast. It's a really awesome and fun show, and uh, there's a lot of things you can learn, for sure. All right, now it's time for some shout-outs. First up, without the help of my patrons, taking this show to the next level really wouldn't be possible. So, big thanks to Alex Dorgan, Alyssa, Robin from the Mystic Novelty Company, Christine McTire, Chad from the Appalachian Huntsman, Michael Waddell from MetaZoo Games, Greg Morrill from All the Weird and the Order 66 podcast, Roberto Martinez, Sean Cologne, Miranda Jarnot, John Hickenbottom, Sarah Scherg, Maureen Asmat, Daniel Prepared Wolf, and Kathy Howard. If you'd like to become a patron and support the show, Go to patreon.com forward slash strangeology for more information. There's six tiers and some really cool rewards like early access to content, exclusive content like the Strangeology Beyond segment of the show, exclusive merch, discounts, and more. And as always for regular listeners, thank you so much for listening and sharing the show. It means the world to me. We recently blew past 3,000 downloads, which is awesome. So... Pat yourselves on the back (laughs) and uh, definitely stick around for more awesome episodes coming in the future. If you'd like to get in touch with me with your own personal stories or or feedback, my DMs are always open on Instagram and you can always send me an email as well at strangeologist at gmail.com. And on another note, I'm also still on the lookout for contributors to my blog over on strangeology.com. So if you'd like to write about the strange and unexplained, definitely get in touch with me. And don't forget to follow me on all the social platforms I'm on of Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. I recently created a private listener group on Facebook, which is growing and uh, we're trying to make it fun over there. So definitely check that out if you have not done so yet. And if you have any personal stories or encounters with the strange and unexplained, please call into the Strangeology hotline. The number is 802-448-0612. Again, that's 802-448-0612. The hope here is to compile a collection of uh, different uh, cool and interesting stories uh, for a future episode. Uh, kind of like the the listener stories episode I did early on, uh, where people emailed me uh, different things that happened to them. 
so definitely want to do that again, uh, this time with the hotline. Uh, there's a three minute time limit on the voicemail. So if your story does take longer than that, just call back and leave another message picking up where you left off. So that'd be awesome if you could call in and uh, thanks for your interest in that and taking the time to do so. And that's it for the free part of the episode today. Thanks for tuning in. For patrons, stick around after the break for Strangeology Beyond. Yami and I get into more Fortean topics and high strangeness surrounding flying humanoids. So until next time, take care of yourselves and each other and keep it strange. Welcome back, patrons, to the exclusive Strangeology Beyond segment of the show, uh, where we like to get weird. Uh, so, Yami, thanks again for chatting tonight and sticking around to go over some of your stories. 